Matter of Faction podcast with Pricey and Brownie. Episode 9 of the Matter of Faction podcast. Let's get right into it this week. Let's not muck around and... and Chuck in a Star Wars reference yeah. for once, yeah. Yeah, because we don't know what's coming in episode 9 just yet. Yeah. But we do know what's in this episode. And in this episode, Brownie, we're discussing the possibility of getting your doctorate in metal, in heavy metal. Did anyone in the heavy music scene ever, ever in their life imagine this could be a thing? You get on a plane, is anyone here a doctor? I'm a doctor of metal. But metal saves lives, we know this. Absolutely it does, yeah. And so when when this started making news around the globe, like everyone was reporting on it, everyone was talking about it. It really went bananas, didn't it? It went really far and wide. Some of the biggest metal media in the world covered this story. And it's happening right here in Australia. Of yeah. all places, you can learn this here. At the University of Newcastle with Dr. Simon Springer, who is offering the chance for two people, one, maybe two people, to actually be paid to do their doctorate in heavy metal geography. Heavy metal geography, let's right. be specific. Well, let's just you know shut it out here and say it's it's a bit of a shame for those who are listening right now because the two people right here in this room are worthy yeah, enough yeah. of sorry, that. So, sorry about it. Yeah, but we're going to talk to him a little bit later on to find out what's involved with this. Like, What do you actually do to become a doctor of metal? Like, that's yeah. a great thing to have on your name. Absolutely. I've got to tell you, Brown, it's probably the only way my, my mum's ever going to be proud of me. <laughs> if, if I'm accepted to into this PhD program to get a doctorate in metal. I think it's possibly the only way my mum could be proud of me. You'll peak at what age? 40? Hey! (laughs) Not quite there yet. Almost. But hey, before we move on, let's throw to Ebony in the heavy newsroom to tell us what's been happening lately. Take it away, Ebony. Thanks, guys. First up, we have Dream State with a new track called Primrose, which is awesome. If you haven't heard it, Go check it out. Um, unfortunately, they have also said goodbye to their bassist, Danny Lewis, who has left to spend more time with his family. So all the best to him and also to Dream State in finding a new bassist. And if you're a fan of Call of Duty and Avenged Sevenfold, good news all round. It's been revealed that you'll be able to hear more of their songs throughout the game. And also frontman M Shadows will be a playable character in the latest update of Call of Duty Black Ops 4. You will also be able to unlock songs and who knows if they're actually new ones or if they're just old ones. But play the game and find out. Now... The biggest national tour news that we have, you might have heard this last week, is Hybrid Theory, the Linkin Park experience. They're from Portugal, and if you haven't heard of these guys, they're basically Linkin Park 2.0. They're touring most of the major cities except for Perth, again, and what they're doing really isn't sitting well with fans. I reckon this is actually in poor taste because next year, Linkin Park's album Hybrid Theory is 20 years old, and it's almost like this band is doing the anniversary tour that Linkin Park will never do. I'm not a fan, but what do you reckon? Let us know. And if you're missing high tension, they're only playing three shows this year in August. They'll be hitting up Melbourne, Brisbane and Sydney, and they've just dropped a music video for Vale from their latest album, Purge. And big industry news here, Josh from Northlane has teamed up with Chris O'Brien for a new business adventure. They're called Open Door Management and have just hooked up with Melbourne band Wind Waker and Perth's Make Them Suffer. They now join the collective ranks of Introvert, Stateside, Void Division and North Lane. So look out because big things will be happening there. And Mark from Chimera had a bit of a funny moment this week. He was showing off a three cent royalty check on social media the other day and fans have suggested selling it on eBay. So he's putting together some signed goodies with the check and part of the funds will be donated to charity. What a decent week. Back to you guys. 
Cheers, Ebony. And I love the fact that Event Sevenfold have been involved with the Call of Duty series for years. Um, video games, pricey. Where, yeah. where do you stand at them? Like, what, what's, I love them. I wish I had more time to yeah. play them. I bought an Xbox a couple of years ago uh, with the intention that I would get far more into gaming. Um, but then I also found the gym as well. And so I've just... I've, Gaming, gym. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah they kind we, of counteract each other, to be so honest. So you went to heavy lifting and I went to smashing buttons. So yeah. we can see the kind of people we really are. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I really love video games and I have uh, since I was a, a little kid. I'm not particularly good at them. Um, I, I definitely grew up playing PC games. And so the console thing, I, I'm very average at. Right, okay. Uh, but... I do love when metal crosses over into other things that I'm into as well. It's it's good because it's been happening for years, even like not what's been in our vision, if that makes sense. Like for example, Guitar Hero. Everyone knows that there's going to be a member yeah. of the the metal punk pop punk community in these games. Like you've had and numerous of them. Yeah. yeah, you've had the ability to play as Slash, to play as Tom Morello, uh, Haley Williams from Paramore, even Kurt Cobain, which caused a bit of controversy back in the day when they made him a playable character, that kind of thing. But when they pop up in games like what's happened with uh, Call of Duty Four, you can actually play one of the game modes as M Shadows. So not even just a multiplayer skin, you can actually play the campaign as M Shadows. Well, yes, yes and no. So the the, the version or the game version that it's available for is like uh, the Battle Royale. You know how they... Oh, chuck, yeah. like a Fortnite skin. Exactly sort of like oh, that, okay. yeah. So it's okay. 100 people all together. You can play as M Shadows or Danny Trejo and, um, you know, just get involved in the game and I run around being him. I think we're destined to see more of this then. They should be, yeah. Because, I mean, he's not the one and only identity in the music in the, no. in the metal scene and i think i mean surely there's going to be more and more licensed skins for games like that yeah well this is the first correct me if i'm wrong the first metal member of the community who has appeared to in license a game that appearance. Yeah, li- like this but in saying that like cod and avenge sevenfold have gone hand in hand for years like they've yeah. created songs for the soundtrack that we used to yeah. launch the games yeah they, they, they released a song last mad year hatter yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah the ep was full of songs that they had made for the series That's over right. the years they've they've also revealed that in the game as well too you're going to be hearing the songs in the background while you're running through doing missions so and only if you choose to play as m shadows not so much that but just like over the entirety of the game okay. it's like a new downloadable feature content it's a kind DLC. of thing it is there you go um, but they've also mentioned that there's going to be like a vault where you can unlock songs and oh, it hasn't been revealed. What a great way it to... is awesome, isn't it? Oh, I love that. It hasn't been revealed though whether it's download old songs or download possible new songs. What a great way to premiere a song. Yeah. Though. I mean we've seen EDM people do exclusive Mushroom content. Head did it in um um, Fortnite, sure, yeah. Sure, no, Marshmallow did. Oh, I don't know what he is. Yeah, the, the guy that wears that, a bucket on his head. Yeah, that dipshit with yeah. the, <laughs> the yeah. guy that ruined a day to remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So look, it's happening more, more frequently, more often. But like you were telling me before, like it's not the first time metal members have appeared in games. Like James Hetfield in Tony, Tony Hawk. Hawk. I yeah. had no idea about that, and I've yeah. been playing that game I'm pretty since sure I was twelve. He was, I'm pretty sure he was just un- an unlockable character. Oh, okay. Like you had yeah. to hit a certain number of achievements or, you know. Like 100% the game. Yeah, something like that. It. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Headfield. Um, but then, you know, we also just discovered that you could, uh, maybe there was a cheat code or an unlockable thing for a skin for Fred Durst 
in WWE <laughs> SmackDown. See, I wasn't a I wasn't a wrestling fan, and I'd never played the wrestling game, so that would have gone past me completely. Right. But growing up loving new metal as much as I did, I yeah. would have bought the game specifically yeah. just so I could unlock Dirty and do that. Yeah. And it's it's a perfect fit. Like the the bands that are selling their, oh, man, their the images for these games are representative for the type of bands and people they are. If that makes sense, the the fan but ba- I feel that the fan base for uh, Limp Biscuit and the fan base for wrestling, the Venn diagram <laughs> of the crossover in in fandom yep. is just a circle. It's one circle. Yeah, and, and you know, in saying that, it's kind of similar perfect. to the fandom who play Call of Duty are Avengers Avenged Sevenfold, Sevenfold fans. fans. So, yeah. Totally. So they're not doing it in a situation where, let's say, for example... Well, they're trying to jam it into some people who are just just not interested. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're making sure that it's on brand, it's on target demographic and all that. You're not going to come across Joan Jett in, like, um, <laughs> Just Cause or something like that. <laughs> but in saying that, that would be a fucking great idea. Like, I'll be down for that. Heading away from video games and more into music this week, what's your stance on asking Alexandria? Uh, to to be fair, I mean, I haven't had a long history of um, of interest in asking Alexandria, but to be like really fair to them, I the last couple of songs they've been releasing have been I've really enjoyed, uh, with the exception of Danny Warsnop's solo yeah, stuff recently. Okay. Um, I, I gave it a listen because I was like, oh, the guy from Alice in the Alexandria, I've, I've been liking their stuff lately. I'll check this out. <laughs> I, I nearly died of cringe. Yep. Um, but that's not to say he shouldn't have done it. Like, I, I think he... It's... it's he's, he's tried something else. I didn't personally like it. I'm yep. sure it had its fans. Look, he chucked a city in colour. He went to do something outside of the heavy scene, but he went in the more bluesy rock kind of direction. And... Yeah, no, yeah. like no, not for me. No, like I'll, I'll admit, the last Asking Alexandria self-titled album, a lot of people didn't jump on this because it had a weird release date. It was released in uh, December 2017. I think it was right. like around the 18th, so like a week out from Christmas. And Oof, during that point, that's like a gamble. Yeah, during that point, people are uh, you know they they signed off for the year. They're totally. already getting involved with their families, packing the cars, things like that. And I feel media like has checked out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And see, I think I feel like a lot of people didn't realize they released that album and forgot that it was there. So, um, and it was good. Like, it, yes, it wasn't stand up and scream, which was their earlier stuff, the more hardcore kind mm. of metalcore stuff they released back then. But it was a progression and their first album with Danny back in the band. Yep. More melodic, more alternative kind of rocky, yeah. catchy, poppy. But with that said, you listen to it, it makes you feel good. Yeah. Now this song, the first thing that grabbed me was this big, big riff Yeah. at the start. And then the verse, I was like, oh no, what's happened here? And it, it's kind of poppy. It's And I was yeah, like, yeah. oh no. And then the the chorus kicks back in, and it's huge. It's really big. They've written a good song. Yeah, like you, you can't deny that. And the video clip itself, like they've gone on a different kind of angle compared to everyone who would put zombies in a music video. It's like zombies living in a zombie world, but there's hungry zombies killing the other zombies yeah. and taking over. Like it, it's a really interesting view, and it's somewhat like. Um, do you remember Blade Two? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, like a new, that's a new right. strain of zombie that's yep. uh, of a uh, vampire that's getting around eating eating the other zombies. Yeah. Uh, the other and so therefore, vampires. so so therefore, regular vampires need to team up with Blade and other humans 
in order because they're a threat to the regular yeah. vampires. So, so that's what that's what this is kind of like. So in this kind of situation, because we saw the last video clips that they were releasing, and they were akin to that of Sin City. Is this kind of oh, going to be course, maybe right. the next kind of? like saga for the band where they're going to be about fighting back against the zombies or could it yeah. just be a one-off kind of thing? Well, the artwork for the single as well is has that real, like um, like that almost Tarantino Pulp Fiction yeah, style yeah, yeah. front cover as well. It's got, you know, it looks like it's, it looks like an old weathered paperback, you know, and, and you know, there's a lot of sort of oranges and dark browns and that sort of stuff. It, it looks like, almost looks like the, the cover to like Death Proof or something yeah, like that. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, that movie, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, regardless of what they do, they're back, they're heading in this direction. They haven't headed to Australia for a few years now, so I'm kind of hoping there's something on the horizon. And then you look at the likes of, you know, Dream State, for example. You know, they only came down here for Unified this year. Yeah. They've been releasing single after single. Their new one came out this week, Primrose, and... Isn't it interesting that you've got a band like Dream State who are relatively new, they're uprising here in Australia, and they've released a song heavier than Asking Alexandria. In, in my true. opinion, like CJ yeah, yeah, Giplin no, screams right. in this new song are great. They're raw, they're gritty, they're not quite perfected, but I like that she's giving it a go, it's, and yeah. it, it just works for the song. Really does, really does. Uh, that was that was one of the songs that I heard this week that I listened to once and. Just went cool. That's an ad for this. Yeah, week. yeah. No, no, no. I didn't even have asked. to question yeah. it. I just went. That's dope. That's going in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I mean, it, you you look at what the you just look at the band itself and where they've come from and what they've done. Unfortunately, they've lost a member. They've gone down to a four piece now. Yeah. Um. I don't know if this is going to affect them moving forward. I um, can't see why it would. But look, you look at the other bands who have had something like this happen. Tonight Live, for example, and they moved on and they're still you know doing what they do. And yeah. So it is possible to move forward and this early in your career, if you get what mm. I'm saying. Like, you know, they're, they're Dream State are about to make it worldwide. They've made international headlines, mm. but not officially, like, international massive success. I, I like that that Australia is probably, I mean, outside of the UK, and, and I don't know, I'm not certain about their presence in Europe. Oh, yeah, Europe, Europe yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But they've certainly made Australia a priority. Yeah, And, I yeah. mean, that, that shows in that they signed to, to UNFD. yeah. And, and or that UNFD signed them, uh, so there's a vote of confidence in them that you know they actually think there's something great there that can be developed and and uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's a worldwide deal, but that they there's obviously always going to be a focus on Australia if you sign to an Australian yeah that's label. right yeah exactly yeah so you know bringing them out for for Unify earlier in the year. That's an early introduction to the scene. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and the amount and of people that saw them and commented how good that set was, yep. they're now attached to them moving forward in yep. everything they do. So, yeah, yep. it's a win-win situation. Absolutely. Uh, Wage War have their new album coming out as well, too. And if you like that metalcore jump between clean and heavies, yeah. this is exactly what you need. Yep. So the track's called Who I Am. Album's called Pressure. Uh, and... I've been a fan of this band for a couple of years now. I heard the, the song Stitch. and From the last album? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. yep, yep. But it was an early single from it, I think. So yeah. it, it predates, it's been for a it while. predates yeah, that yeah, album, yeah. yeah. And, and to me, like, if you were to write the template of a perfect metalcore song, I think Stitch is it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's got that aggression. It's got that, that melodic thing as well. And, and like, I mean... That's the whole appeal to me of metalcore. That's the stuff that 
it really hits me. Like the contrast. I, yeah, the contrast. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm happy to listen to a song that's like all screaming or all all heavy vocals, but um, if you nail them uh, like a clean, you've got me. And this is this has it in spades. Well, I'm keen to see what they do with the album. Um, I, I I'll admit this. I like Wage War. I yep. do. The, the one thing that was a bit missed for me was the song Low because it had sort of similarities between Architects. Um, Do you know what, though? That that was uh, maybe not necessarily just the Architects comparison, but that particular song, uh, I recall other media outlets kind of giving it a bit of stick as yeah, well, yeah, as yeah, saying yeah. Like, this feels a little bit paint by numbers. Yeah, that kind of thing, yeah. So, but I think this song, Who I yeah. Am... I think this is a real, like, really strong way to lead out the album campaign. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and this this feels like okay. Now we're into the album. Yeah, you know, yeah. That low was a was a, a track to tide us over. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I think this is like, this all right, is new. Yeah, now this we're is, yeah. here. We're here, and this is the this is the album. I, this is the feel of the album. In in saying that, before my criticism only came with the beginning of low. Once that song started, that riff. That, that chorus is oh, yeah. catchy as hell, and like. Yeah. It, let's say, for example, it's the, the changeover, right? And mm-hmm. the changeover is the similarities in, in the opening few bars or whatever. The, the after Afterwards, the chorus of the song and the way this song ends is just so catchy. It's yeah. so great. And that's what attracts me, like you said before, how to make a great metalcore song. You have that awesome contrast. And I think that's what Wage War have done. I feel like they haven't got the attention they deserve. Yeah. And I really hope with this new album pressure that they get that attention because yeah, they're, they're talented. They're great. So let's see what they can really do with this album moving forward. Yeah. I, I, I guarantee we'll be seeing them down under before long as well. I mean, last yeah. time they toured in Australia, they were here with make them suffer. I believe. I do you remember that? Yep, yeah. That's right. So, yeah. You know, it'd be dope to see them down here with another, you know, either on their own headline or, you know, supporting another band in that, you know, sort of caliber. Yeah. That'd be that'd be absolutely sick. Yeah. Well, let's wait and see what the future holds. And uh, definitely, if they do come, let's go mosh. You speaking about moshing? Uh, you would say we have a masters in moshing because we've been doing it for so long. But what's your major? Uh, majoring in throwdowns. Dope. Yeah. Did not imagine in like a million years that you could possibly have this kind of reputation or credentials added to your name. Yeah. And the reasoning behind that is because you can now get a doctorate in metal, which is insane. The only way we can get that is if we get our doctorate in metal. And the person who's going to tell us all about that is Dr. Simon Springer. Mate, uh, welcome to the show. And please tell us all about this doctorate. Thanks for having me. I didn't expect anywhere near the kind of response that there was. So, I mean, I put out a call for PhD students just on my website and I posted it to Twitter and Facebook and figured I'd maybe get, you know, two or three good applicants and uh, didn't expect um, the media to pick it up in the way that they did. So it was Kerrang! magazine in the UK that just sort of sent me an email and said, oh, what's this all about? Oh, they broke it. Yeah. So they, I mean, they just kind of asked a a couple questions about it and I had no idea they were going to run a story because I didn't think there was much of a story there, but uh, they thought it was fascinating to do a PhD degree in in heavy, I mean, the topic is is heavy metal, but it's the degree itself is actually in geography, but they thought that was interesting and everybody else sort of picked it up from there. Yeah, absolutely. And you're a metal fan yourself, correct? Yeah, I've been a metal fan basically my whole life. I mean, I remember being six years old and I had a a babysitter who would bring 
his Black Sabbath and Iron Maiden and Judas Priest albums over and make me and my brother listen to them. And yes. <laughs> I didn't like the music at first, but, uh, you know, I liked, I really liked Eddie. I liked the, the character. And so I got fascinated by the album covers and the appreciation for the music came after that. And from there, it just kind of went to, you know, Rat and Motley Crue in the early 80s. And then I started to get into Exodus and Metallica and Testament, some of the Bay Area thrash bands. And yep. then it was full on death metal and black metal later on. I, I guess they, they always say that you solidify your musical taste when you're about 14 or 15 years old. And at that time, I was heavily into what you know is now called old school death metal. But at the <laughs> time, it was all brand new. So the stuff coming out of Tampa Bay and Florida and Stockholm and Sweden. What gave you the inspiration to, you've obviously got that geography and human interest sort of side to you, and then taking that, that heavy metal influence, what made you think to meld the two together? Well, I mean, honestly, it's something I always sort of wanted to do, but didn't know you could. I mean, when I was a PhD student, it wasn't, it wasn't something that anyone sort of encouraged me to look at wasn't until I guess a couple of years ago where I started to actually think about what it might mean to this lifelong passion that I've had to take an academic lens to that. So I participated, the International Society for Metal Music Studies, they do conferences every couple of years. And I mean, before I arrived in Australia, I was at the University of Victoria in Canada, and they happened to be hosting one of those conferences, I think it was 2017. And a former colleague there was heavily involved in in organizing that as well. And he just kind of encouraged me to put something together. I'd never done it before, you know, never written about metal, but um I decided to, I wanted to write about Creator, the German thrash band, and their their interest in um, anarchism, both in their lyrics and in terms of the kind of visual content that they put forward, because anarchism is something that I was studying myself, anarchist geographies, and I thought, you know, a lot of thrash metal bands, they kind of interpret, when they use anarchism in their lyrics, it's like, chaos and violence as a synonym for that but um that's not what the philosophy of anarchism is all about it's about mutual aid and you know cooperation and these sorts of things and i found that there was this deeper sort of philosophical appreciation for anarchism as a theory and a practice in terms of creators lyrics and the kind of imagery they were using so i put together a paper on that and it was really fortunate because right as i was starting to write the paper creator happened to be playing in vancouver so i was living in victoria which is like about a three-hour commute from uh, Victoria. So it was easy to get over there. And I was able to hang out with Millie, the the singer and the uh, lyricist in the band for a couple of hours and pick his brain about, you know, what he thought about anarchist philosophy. So that went into the paper. And since then, it's been like, okay, well, this is wide open. There's pretty much anything you could do in terms of connecting, you know, heavy metal to geography. There's all kinds of approaches that you could take to this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What kind of human being are you hoping uh is going to uh to apply for this phd or who are you looking for yeah i mean that's kind of the thing it's uh, you know it's been great the amount of coverage that this has received and uh you know i i feel honored that so many people have taken in, an interest in it but what that's meant is i've received you know my email has been overloaded i haven't been able to keep up whatsoever for about, you know, however long ago it was, the story broke two weeks now, it's just been bombarded. You know, I'll wake up every morning and take a deep breath before I open my email. And 
<laughs> there's just, you know, tons in there and a lot of people, you know, asking questions, which is great. Um, a lot of people wanting to apply, but they don't necessarily have the background. So, I mean, in order to do a PhD, you already have to have the Australian case. I think it's just a uh, bachelor's with some sort of uh, research component to that. So usually they would call it a bachelor with honors. You need some experience uh, to be able to do this. And I know a lot of people think, well, I've been listening to metal for 20 years or whatever. <laughs> That's my experience. But which is, you know, I don't discount that personal sort of component to it. I think that's really important. But at the same time, you know, the end result of this is going to be a 250 page dissertation. And I don't think necessarily everyone's cut out to do that. The amount of research and, you know, dedicated, intensive study that's required and then the writing process at the end. So, yeah, I'm looking for somebody who's definitely interested in metal, but already has some of the, the skills required to, to put together an academic project. Wonderful. And thank you so much for your time. Uh, we, we really appreciate it. I know you're a very busy man and uh, and you've got a lot of things going on. So your time's really appreciated, uh, Simon. Thank you so much. And uh, man, I hope to chat with you soon and potentially uh, uh, when you do choose uh, whoever it is to uh, do this PhD, we, we'd love to have a chat with them and you when that eventually uh, comes about as well. Would you be up for that? Yeah, that would be great. I mean, I, I think... Uh you know, whoever ends up doing this, this project and whatever the project ends up being, I think, uh, you know, any opportunity to talk about the work that they're doing, I'm, I'm hopeful that they'll be appreciative of that because I certainly am. So yeah, totally up for it. No worries. And um, thanks so much once again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Moving away from doctorates for a second, a segment which we sort of introduced to the show a couple of weeks ago by chance has now become a rolling thing, the Dark Sheep Band of the Week. So when we're scrolling through the amount of music, the plethora of music that comes our way, there's one or two bands that come along from time to time that sticks and you're like, I really need to get them out there to the world. I yeah. really want people to hear this band. Uh, for me, it was Cold Rain. This Japan. week, this yeah. week was Cold yep. Rain. Number one, first band is Cold Rain from Japan because I kind of discovered them over the weekend and didn't realize how big they actually were in Australia. Yeah, like, they've been down here for Soundwave before in the past. Yeah. Um, they played before Crossfaith. Um, and the best way to sort of explain it, it's like mainstream clean metal, but good. Yeah, like, okay. A good sound behind it. So like a non-American Breaking Benjamin. <laughs> That's, okay, perfect. That's okay. the exact so, way to explain it. But actually good. But actually good, yeah. <laughs> Breaking Benjamin have a couple of songs here and there. They definitely but no, they, do, I but they, through... I'm just saying yeah. they cop a bit for being a bit, you well, know, they're, they're, they're middle of the road. They're a bit sappy. Yeah. You know, they, they can have it like a great post-hardcore emo sound, and then they can have a sound that's like, why am I your fan? It's dad rock. That, that's exactly right. Like a heavy yeah. nickelback. Um, Cold Rain, on the other hand, went through their back catalogue um, and it was just exceptional. Like, yeah. Obviously, you know, every band progresses progresses over the years. They were a bit heavier when they first started out, but they've sort of maintained that sort of professionalism and integrity behind them. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, we're just starting to see a couple of songs from them now. Who knows where they're going to be in yeah. six months' time, that kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. They're, they're a really standout sound that I... I um, I think it might have been Alex Sievers from Kill You Stereo pointed me towards them at some point or yeah. other um, a couple of years ago now. And yeah, the we've definitely given Cold Rain a, a good bunch of plays on the faction and we just added... 
this new song coexist yep. uh, to the faction. As you should. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's J- fantastic. Japan's pulling out a whole bunch of like great bands really lately, great aren't they? Stuff, yeah. So it's good to see a lot coming from over there that a lot of people can jump on and, and sort out. And let's hope, fingers crossed, that Crystal Lake are one of the next bands that oh. make their way down under. Yeah. Man, the, the songs that they released <laughs> at the end of last year, that was so damn cool. Man. Yeah. All right, so that's my big one from the week. Yourself. Awesome. Your Dark Sheep. So my Dark Sheep is also an overseas band this week. Uh, it's a band called Sleep Token. I don't know if you're aware of. Someone on Twitter mentioned this to me and I didn't follow it up because okay. I'm an idiot. But please tell me what I'm missing out on. Okay, so for the last couple of years, uh, I've been aware of Sleep Token. And I, I've actually, I've been background proud of this, that I seeded this band out to a few people. Yep. Uh, like people that I thought might really like it. So people like Twiggy from Balloons Kill Babies. I told Alex Sievers about them. Yep. And, and like I, I had a specific purpose for telling Alex about it was because I knew I wanted him to write about them on Kill You Stereo. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I don't work with the band, but I really liked them. I really thought that Alex would like them and he did. And Excellent. And he's become a fan. Um, and so what it means though, is like, it started seeding some fans out into the country Yep. because they're, they're a UK band. Uh, they were signed to a record label called basic records. Uh, they're not anymore, but they were signed on their first, uh, release. And I don't know if you know this about the band Brownie, but absolutely no one, probably other than their management and label and what have you know, who the actual people in this oh, band are. one of those bands. Okay, yep. so keep they it identity masks. secret. Yep, yep. Uh, gigs are called Worship. Yep, okay. And so yep, you yep, turn yep. up to Worship. To Worship, yep. And, and like that's how they announce their tours and shows. Uh, and then new songs are incoming transmissions. Ooh. So they've and got, so, they've got, a, they've got a, a shtick. Yeah. And, and it, it's it, a good shtick. Yeah. It, it, it uh, They're really starting to get like that following going where whenever they do announce something like that, it's like, it feels like a, you know, all right, pay attention, you know, stop what you're doing, pay attention, there's an incoming transmission from yep, yep, yep. Okay. from the leader, yep. you know? So it's, it's kind of, in a, how would I put this in a way, it's kind of like Ghost with Cardinal Copia, like he speaks on behalf yes, of the band, you don't yep. know anything about what's going on with the band, yep. and he comes out and is, is a spokesperson for it, the person who you look up to, mm. you worship, you follow, yeah. And it's kind of like Slipknot in those early days where everyone was like, you know, there was all those rumors that back in the day that they were all like doctors and lawyers and stuff. That's right. Yeah, and that's yeah, why they yeah. wore... Yeah, it's the same thing. There's a lot of speculation that the people in this band are actually other famous musos from other bands. Yeah, okay. Stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So there's speculation about who they are and who the, they actually might be. Um but I don't. Have you heard anything? No, none no. of their music whatsoever. All, all I've I heard one song, and I just remember it sounding very like heavy, bassy. Yeah, 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 that's a word. Yeah. But the so a lot of their songs, maybe for the first minute, two minutes, or whatever, a lot of the time will actually be quite light and almost only vocal, and it's a really light and airy and high pitched vocal. So it's almost like a like. Sometimes it's almost like a Coldplay vocal. Like it's very, oh, okay. yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. poppy. And then we'll just get very dense and dark and black metal-y. And so you almost have this like indie shoegaze style that meets black metal. Right. Okay. The only thing I can kind of compare it to is maybe like your Deaf Heavens or your... Yeah. You know, okay. Yeah. Sort of yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, this new couple of tracks seem to be less heavy. 
Um, but certainly follow that same formula where there's like this beautiful, fragile vocal that sort of seeks into this like really heavy guitar stuff and and it, it like leads to a big crescendo to, to finish. And So it's kind of like a misleading... Um, guide you in, make you feel safe. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, and then there's just like a brutal assault. Take everything away. I like that. I like mm. being surprised by music because yep. there's every now and then there's a song that comes along, and you listen to it, and you're like, oh, this is actually really sweet. And then out of nowhere, like yeah. it drops down. Poppy, for example, is yeah. one that like you know you in go a from different one extreme way, to but an- yes, another. Yeah. yeah. So this is the new song from them is called the Offering. Yeah, and uh, it's yeah, and they released one a few weeks ago as well. That was. Um, probably lighter than this one, but the offering is a bit heavier. Right. So if you like that kind of mysterious kind, yeah. if you're looking for a new band like Slipknot yeah. from back in the day, yeah. or like that heart and soul that Ghost had when you know Dave Grohl was rumored to be one of the um oh, that's right. the faceless ghouls, then that's this is a right. band you can jump on. And and who knows when they identify themselves in future if they ever do that, you can say I'd, you were there. I'd from love the it beginning. if they just did it. Yeah. I'd love it if they it just like maintained an absolute secrecy about who's in the band uh, well and I, just the rumors just continue to grow that that's see that's the thing that's going on right now with slipknot with the new member like yeah. they're playing with the fans and the media saying you never know what's going on it's not it's and not anything you need to know about so stop asking the question yes but deep down behind the scenes i reckon they're like oh this is actually working this is so cool they're not going to know it's you Pee Wee herman <laughs> or whoever it might be imagine if it was Pee Wee herman <laughs> No, <laughs> but I don't know why he came to my mind. Like I don't think about him very often, but yeah, yeah, okay. But that's it for this week's podcast. Unfortunately, we've run out of time. Smash that subscribe button. You know where to find Pricey. He's at the faction. You know where to find me. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, in your lounge room right now. Sorry, not sorry. He's Pricey. I'm Brownie. See you next week. Cheers. You've been listening to the Matter of Faction podcast with Pricey and Brownie.